what I, what I see it's about decisions. Uh, if if it's people fighting about the best decision because this I'm right, I'm right. Yeah. Why don't we just go this direction? And one one other way uh, to sort out kind of the best decision is yeah putting kind of option A, B, C, asking is there any other? Can we mix those options? And then pros and cons, and then asking them we. Do not need to decide now, but if we would decide now, what would be your voting? And if that is already consensus, then we are already there. If there's yeah. dissent, then it's sometimes balance. Then it's on the one hand nearly the same as on the other hand, and then we can just, uh, um, I call it uh, Wilfen in German, uh, then we can, it doesn't matter so much, I mean, yeah. if it's balanced. Hi and welcome to the Sunday Lunch Project Manager podcast for Sunday the 14th of January 2024. This is your host Nigel Creaser and this week we've got the second part of my interview with Iris Clement, the business coach. Enjoy. So if you're listening to this, that means you've had a week's gap from episode one, part one, which means that you've had a week where you've been wondering what on earth was going to be said next in the next pieces, wondering what other nuggets of information were coming from my guest, and you've had a week where you haven't been able to apply those nuggets because you didn't know they existed or what they were, which is a little bit frustrating really, because imagine how much more efficient, productive, or amazing you could have been. But you know there's a way around it. You know that you can. Pop along to Patreon. www.patreon.com slash sundaylunchpm Or to Spotify. Have a look at the feed. And there's a little lock. Click on the lock and it'll ask you to pay. It's a price for coffee. That's it. A month. And you'll get everything a week early. Uh, And you won't have bits like this. uh, In it with me wittering on about becoming a patron and things like that so have a think and anyway I'll shut up now because you're probably thinking just get on with it Nigel so yeah here's the uh, the second part of the show so I have a number of sponsors affiliate links um, in the way that it's set up um, that have kindly allowed me to uh, um, share their services really. The first one um, is Mike Lane and Mike runs PM online PM courses and it is a great resource for um, getting those fundamentals of project management uh, trained, reasonably priced uh, and Mike um, presents it in an accessible and um, uh, clear manner. Um, you can check out some of his um, uh, videos on, on his YouTube channel and kind of give you a view of where they are. But um, the, the code for that, if you go to nigelcreaser.com slash online PM courses, all, all one word, lowercase, that'll redirect you to it. 
there's various different levels that you can um, buy. You can buy individual courses, you can buy pathways as well if you like. Um, and I get a kickback off those. Uh, Mike kindly uh, shares me that. So um, if you do jump on and use it, I hope you find it really useful. Um, I think he has money back guarantees and things like that as well. So there's a very limited risk um, on that. So uh, jump on that. And that again, it's nigelcrease.com slash online PM courses. And enjoy. So with this uh, listening exercise, uh, teams can really um, explore how their listening skills really are because most of us think, yes, I'm a great listener, especially the project I'm leaders. <laughs> and, and then with the rhythm exercise, you're saying, okay, yeah, can I really repeat a kind of longer rhythm? <laughs> no, usually not. Yeah. <laughs> and, and then you realize it, and this works is the same. In, um, we had a lovely exercise, and I describe it in, in the book as well, uh, with, within a jazz uh, formation the kind of coach was asking, okay, we were playing and we were not really playing together, it was not really creating a sound. And then the coach was saying, okay, I'm going to stop you and whenever I'm, I stop you, uh, I will ask you who was playing, what kind of sound and what kind of rhythm, was it the drummer or the pianist or the saxophonist. So we really raised our attention because we were aware the coach can stop any moment and then we will be asked what was the piano playing right now? <laughs> what was the saxophonist playing right now? What was the flute playing? And with the, just with the raised attention there was so much music in this room. Yeah. It was really fantastic. And the same as with, within meetings, if you say, okay, let's, let's start in the beginning, we, we stop each moment and I'm going to ask you what, what was happening, what was the other one saying. And with this raised awareness, we are so much more attentive. Yeah, I can see that because it's so easy in a meeting, I do it myself, I'm terrible at times, where... You will try, and, and even more so now in the, the remote environments that we work in, where we've got email sat on one screen, this on there, and the conversation here. Um, and <clears throat> you can just easily, it's easier to drift. Um, it's, um, I, I, I can see that situation where you've got only part of the story that you're hearing, especially if you're PM and you're running a team there and you, you've got a stand-up or you've got a, a team meeting where you're talking about a problem that you're trying to solve that that whole thing of that active listening that not thinking about what you're going to say next that we all do and we can all be better at and I do I just think that how how I introduce that concept of if I stop now and ask you what we were talking about would you be able to repeat it the last minute of words would you be able to, or even if you can't repeat the contact, the words, word for word, but would you be able to paraphrase it? Hand on heart, I think most people would say no. There's very few people who would be able to do that in a meeting, which which makes, it's worrying, isn't it? Because 
how much of it are they assimilating and how much of they when they do come back with a conversation do they bring it in now it, sometimes it's important that that happens sometimes it isn't as important but I can understand that thinking of it in that manner that you have that group in that room and whilst you're taking turns in the conversation if you're not listening that rhythm's not there is it Yeah, and how important is it to paraphrase, to summarize in between? That cannot be done enough. Yeah. And even if you don't like it as a moderator or as a project manager, you can ask around in the team, hey, I didn't get it really. Can somebody summarize it here now? Or what yeah. is your facet? Or can you describe it in, in one sentence? And everybody's happy that someone is summarizing it. And from yeah. there, you can kind of take a deep breath and and from there you can raise again and asking okay what is what are the next actions now what what are your ideas what are your thoughts yeah I, I, I've got a colleague who, who does that really really well actually and I was just thinking the way that he does it is if someone will say we're trying to get to understanding customer requirement or business requirement and, and they will say so what I'm hearing is you need this and why do you need this you need it because of the and, and he'll follow that conversation and he will replay what I'm hearing is you need this because you need this then we need to do this in order for you to get that and why you need that is and kind of joins that whole sentence in that re-summarization of it and does it really well confuses me sometimes because it gets down into some technical stuff and but but does it in a way that the other, the other person can sit there and go yes that's what i said you've got it right and that you understand it and that power that reef reframing of it wording it sometimes word it in 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 terms that they understand rather than technical terms um I, and I've, i've done it before i don't do it anywhere near as well as he does it um and i just think think that that whole Again, it's the same sort of thing, isn't it? It's the repeating of those phrases, repeating of that rhythm and, and being able to kind of... I know it's, it sounds silly and we've got the musical analogy. I'm thinking of the film Deliverance with Julian Banjos where you've got the, the one... The banjo plays one thing, guitar plays another. It's not actually the same. It's a slightly different, isn't it? It's a... It's a Uh, might be the same notes, but it's on a different instrument, sounds slightly different, and it, and it is a different way of doing it. You're doing it in a different point on the on the instrument, and then you go back into. But you're kind of mirroring each other's on that. But it's also playing back your own, and then they build a little bit extra onto it. And there's another bit added, and it kind of builds on that. And it just maybe maybe that's a bit of a twee mix up, but it kind of feels like that's what we do in meetings, don't we? We kind of have that conversation if we've listened properly, we paraphrase it, say it, and then someone will come back. Well, actually, that's not what I meant. I missed a bit off there. So actually, this is what I meant. So they add that little bit extra on and then, oh, right, so the, when you said that, I hear this. And it is really useful. It can get too much because you can be going back to back to it. But that that listening, that clarification as part of listening is part of listening, isn't it? And it's uh, you, you spoke in the beginning about uh, rituals or rituals, yeah. right? And like in Agile, it's, ceremonies yeah. and it, it's a bit like that this paraphrasing, summarizing in between that is giving us the frame 
like in music as well, like yeah, yeah. Ah, this is the frame and here we are in, in those frames and uh, this gives us the safety as well. Yeah, because you know what, we all like structure I think, even the most unstructured of us. There's a level, I can be fairly flaky is the best way to describe me, but I also like very, and I've got real good structure and like I've got my calendar, I know what I'm doing then, I know what I'm doing then, I know what I'm doing then, I do like that. I don't always do it, but I do like it. Um, and, and I think, again, you've got those frames that you can box yourself into, but with that flexibility to go around them. But if you don't have that structure to know that you're going outside of it, it makes it a bit harder. I suppose it's that, that whole thing of where they're teaching people playing jazz, which you, you've got to learn, you've got to learn the, the rules before you can break them kind of thing. You've yeah, have and that. then break, breaking would mean kind of blue note as well. I mean, it's it's kind of, and that is blue note is standing for me for conflict, hmm. and allowing that, and playing it really boom like, uh, there's a sound with a blue note or the septima chords, and and then something new is coming out of that. And in business, it's similar. I mean, people crash, but if they, if all of us accept, ah, this is good because there is potential in each conflict. When there's a conflict, it's way, yeah, there is something we can improve. Yeah, how do you, how do you, in in when you're coaching, when you've got, and I've I've seen this with teams where I've gone into teams and they're working with uh, other parties, other third parties, or with suppliers or with other departments, and I've seen it where there's there's kind of been a pitched battle between the two groups. How do you... I know how I dealt with it, and I'm interested to see how you advise people when they're in... Because you, I'm sure you've gone into organisations where you have got departments or supply people where they're just at each other's throat. What do you What do you do to help those organisations? Yeah, I, um, I work closely with a cartoonist, and, I mean, there's lots of cartoons in here. And I just show them kind of, like I have one, uh, about walls and fighting. Here's kind of one with distrust. Yeah, yeah, I can see that, yeah. And for for, the, for that, our listeners, there's like a wall and then there's like, it looks like a cage and some people yeah. trying to in, inside one side or the other. Yeah. And Jump then, on YouTube to get a look at about 33 minutes. So, yeah, and then... The other one was saying, yeah, how could a team look like with trust? Just an, as an example, or with walls in between and you are hiding behind walls or you're shooting at each other rather than having ideas and sharing. So mm. both pictures are sh reflect. And then they see, ah, yeah, this is really how, how we act. But it's a, in a cartoon, so it's, you have a distance to that. But you can yeah. reflect to that, and once you see that, then then they explore by themselves. Ah, yeah, this this is how we want to work. Yeah, we want to share ideas. We want to appreciate each each other because that is more fun. And how do we come there? This is do one option with cartoons. The other one is I love the conversational IQ uh, dashboard from Judith Glaser because she's she's having kind of a red zone and a green zone and I ask teams, okay, where are we? And then they they say, okay, 
are we in this kind of modus I am right and the other one is wrong uh, because usually that is what what yeah. what if there are different areas each of the each team thinks yeah we are brilliant if just the other one would change life would be so much easier it's yeah. almost that intelligent it's almost the same like me life would be beautiful and then I reflect that and I ask is that really true and most people say yeah if all all would be like me maybe that wouldn't be such a brilliant world <laughs> indeed <laughs> yeah I, I i find that we, we just lost you for a little bit there but i think i think i caught the gist of it i, I find that we've got uh, you know, i don't know if you uh, you will have heard of the disc model and i i like that disc model and the fact that the, that the whole point of that disc model is um as i describe it it makes you understand why that other person at the other end is a bit of a dickhead and why they think you're a bit of a dickhead uh, and it's kind of like that people think I'm, I'm stupid because they think completely different to me. They don't understand how I work, and and I think the same. And and then, as you say, you look back at yourself and you go, "Well, I think about me, and I think about the other people who I work with, and I think nothing would get finished if everyone was like me. It wouldn't quite get finished. A lot of things would get started, not everything would get finished. And and I think that's the thing is it's kind of that blend of people, that blend of character, that blend of skill is so important with those teams. But by having that blend, you're going to get conflict, aren't you? You're going to get misunderstanding. And and I've seen teams where they they were in that situation where I'm right, you're wrong. And the other side where I'm right, you're wrong. And what they hadn't done is tried to understand why they thought I was wrong. They just they just thought they were being stupid, bloody-minded, awkward. And we got them together, broke them out into teams, separate teams, so there was co-teams solving the problem, ones from each of the like sub-teams. And then they had to solve the problem together. And then they worked together. And then they had to understand why something wouldn't work. And they actually listened to each other. And then they thought, oh... Oh, so when we do that, that causes you that problem. Oh, I never knew that. And then when they say, well, and when the opposite way around, yeah, but when you do that, that causes us this problem. Oh, I never knew that. And that dialogue, it didn't, it, to be fair, there were some individual characters there, but they didn't, it did change the relationship because they opened up to each other about how, what, doing it one way affected them. And we had to take them out there and abstract it to something separate. It wasn't just a meeting. It was a um, broken up curated workshop with lots of unusual stuff. We, we used different um, themes to break it out and do different things. So that it actually kind of created, and it sounds like like you're saying with the cartoons, where you're creating a, a less confrontational space. And I've seen it. I've seen sort of things with, with using Lego Serious Play to do similar sort of things. Because then you're, you, it's not about individuals. It's about explaining a process. It's about explaining a situation, and it's, it can be less uh, confrontational. Because once those yeah. once those brick walls go up, it's hard to bring them back down again, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And it's usually about clarity and transparency, understanding, listening skills, and. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and, and occasionally, or what I, what I see, it's about decisions. Uh, if if it's about people fighting about the best decision, because this I'm right, I'm right, 
Yeah. Why don't we just go this direction? And one one other way uh, to sort out kind of the best decision is yeah putting kind of option A, B, C, asking is there any other? Can we mix those options? And then pros and cons, and then asking them we do not need to decide now, but if we would decide now, what would be your voting? And if that is already consent, then we are already there. If there's yeah. dissent, then it's sometimes balanced. Then it's on the one hand nearly the same as on the other hand, and then we can just, uh, um, I call it uh, Wilfen in German, uh, then we can, it doesn't matter so much, I mean, yeah. if it's balanced. Yeah, I think it's not, again, it's, a, it's a, 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 introducing that non-confrontational way of having a difficult conversation, isn't it? Where you sit there and go, right, we're not making a decision at the moment, but what would your, what's your best recommendation? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? What do you reckon? Brilliant. Okay, fine. That's right. Right. So, oh, you don't think that's why, out of curiosity, why don't you think it's a good idea? And rather than them going, where, you know what I mean, when everyone's deciding something else, it's kind of, well, well, let's make sure we make the right decision. What, what's your reason? Oh, because of this, this, and this. And have a discussion. And it, it, it reminds me of the um, uh, ad, Scrum Poker, Agile Poker, where you're, um, in fact, I've got my, my poker cards there, where you get the one where you, everyone puts down, right, how big do you think it is? And everyone puts down one, and someone in the corner is putting down 100. And they're like, why have you got 100? We all think it's easy. And it's like, well, what about X, Y, Z? What about this interface? What about John, who's never here? What about this? And you kind of go, oh, I never thought of that. Could, or the others come up with, well, that's not a problem because it's not that piece. And, but, but the thing would have been, if you didn't do that and didn't have that conversation, you could move forward into something with two people or a group of people and one person thinking completely different about something. And opening up those conversations is so important to make sure that you're all going for the same direction with the right assumptions. It's really hard if sometimes to get those out of people, I think. Yeah, and, and the way and what all these ways ha had in common is stepping away, like looking at the picture from the distance yeah. and going into an emotionally peaceful last vacation thinking status and yeah. looking at, at the decision or whatever, the fight, the conflict from away from you. I mean, or thinking you are in the mountains or looking at the sea. And those, those topic is so far away. It's just minus points in the far, far in the distance. And from that distance, looking, okay, how how does this issue look like now for you? Yeah, that, that taking that step back, taking that breath, and kind of putting on a different lens makes a hell of a difference, doesn't it? Yeah, and then again, looking closer to it. I mean, taking this kind of loop and. Looking really close to this topic, how does it look from really near and big and huge? Yeah. <laughs> and just exploring in a fun way. Ah, how how does it look? And then you still feel relaxed, and you explore different scenarios about it. And then it's a fun topic, and then it takes away this serious "I'm right" thing. Yeah, and getting away from losing face is so important, isn't it? Because it can it can stifle some people. Um, and, and it can be easily be done that you can if someone feels silly for what they're thinking you need to make it easy for them to go oh I'm wrong it needs to be easy for someone to go 
I didn't know that, or I'm wrong. I think they're and they're really hard things to do sometimes for some people, um, because not not everyone, but I think there are some people that they would struggle when they, unless you say it, sometimes they'll dig in to be right rather than for what being right rather than having the right thing. <laughs> Yeah, it's 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 a it's an interesting dynamic. Just thinking about um, the companies that you've got, you've got one of your sort of a little story of where you think you've made the biggest impact with some of the coaching that you've done. Yeah, you're most proud I, of of your coaching, the particular yeah. one. <laughs> I'm looking at the references uh, which thanked me it it changed their life their private life as, as well and it's the pattern i see usually is really from getting stuck of being right to yeah. towards uh, getting this ability to move away from something this uh, detaching the skill to detach emotionally and to reflect and to move forward from this backward looking who is faulty towards this much more fun, what can we do now and here and then. And it, it's about these skills, um, that the race of skills changing that. And one, one was kind of 52 teams as a lead agile coach, which I could transfer from this fighting towards each other to solution orientation. So that's 52 teams, did you say? So that's with like, like scrum teams and agile teams, sort of yeah, nine, exactly. nine, nine people in there. And they were working against each other. Were they all same, delivering the same product or were they separate products? Or? They were coming from different organizations altogether. Right. And they, they used to kind of blame each other. Yeah. And then rather than blaming each other, it was usually saying, hey, is that fun to blame each other? And then they said, no, it's not fun. So how much more time we save, how much more efficient we are, if we look, if we don't look into these old stories which make, make us mad and bring emotional stress for all of us, let's look what can we do to, to avoid that next time, to overcome, to become better next time. And then you sharing ideas is much more nice. Yeah, I think it's interesting how different organisations, and especially when there's commercial um, considerations for those organisations, and if they're not, uh, you can be in a situation where you'll have one organisation that's got two or three organisations working together, but they haven't contracted them in the same way, and they haven't they're not being incentivised in exactly the same way. You can create those create those difficult barriers don't they of those things of as a commercial organization some organizations have got to protect themselves and it's so hard to break down those um those the, getting the trust there because commercially you've got to protect yourself but that doesn't actually in the long run it doesn't help does it and it's really hard as a project manager if you're delivering a project and you've got one of these teams and you're meant to deliver this, 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 and your customers going, you've got to do it, and otherwise there's penalties on there. And then you've got another team who's just got a team that are running an app. They've just got T and M, and they've got a team that, that 
they've got no cap on their budget and they've got no specific outcomes to deliver or specific dates the team here who's got that constraint can be seen as a blocker but it's kind of like well we can't do anything until we've got that signed off and these guys we'll just do it we want we can just move this around we've got this agile team we can shift stuff we're really agile and the problem is this organisation here just kind of looks at that and goes why are they working together properly and it's they've set them up to fail in those situations because you're not you've got to put common arrangements to a flexibility or lack of flexibility um, because otherwise you end up as you say they're just going to go well we're late because they're all too strict or we're late because they haven't done it they, they haven't done their bit they said they were going to do now because they thought something else was more important they fitted it in and managed to move around and it's it's, it's difficult I, I can't I can't with 52 teams I've seen it with, with four or five teams in those scenarios but 52 teams that are going, obviously I'm guessing some of those weren't completely different organisations but even so 52 teams that have different direction and different priorities and things like that I can't imagine how how you got them to work together was it was it did it take long was it easy was it really 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 hard I'm guessing it wasn't easy <laughs> yeah the, the good part was uh, that was um, that was the strategy or the vision to change and that was uh, yeah to change from blaming towards solution orientated and from frustration to empowerment so that made it more easy this transformation but how do you get people to do that? How do you get them to change? Because it's kind of cultural as well, isn't it? With that, where you'll, if you've got a team, you'll have developed a culture and you'll develop a way of working. How do you actually get people to recognise that? So you're talking 52 teams, you've got nine in those, you've got, I can't do the maths, 500 people. How do you get yeah. 500 people to change that mindset? Like, I guess some of them are going to be better at that in those teams. But how yeah, do you definitely. do that? Uh, changing as well using this agile cer ceremonies as well because those helps you it's a demo where the team can present their results and receive applause from management yeah so that's a different attitude than beforehand where yeah there was no beginning and no end and then we come yeah, back exactly. to music then it's kind of a kind of frame so uh, we, which we just lost we, demo we, planning uh, daily stand-ups where the agenda is supporting each other, saying, okay, this is what I have achieved and um, can anybody help me? Here I'm blocked. Yeah. And with these patterns, same like music patterns, that helps to, yeah, to change the attitude, to change the mindset. And cartoons are helping as well, reflecting, ah, here is where we are, um, at the moment, here here's a cartoon we started, and here is a future cartoon. And what do we do together? Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting using those ceremonies and using them properly, rather than playing lip service to them. Is kind of kind of what I'm hearing next. I think there are situations where people put in the agile ceremonies, but they're not. They don't seem to have the full. Um, engagement from the from everyone on the team and everyone has to be engaged in operating in that manner fully otherwise it's just not it's, it's just another meeting then isn't it 
and taking as well this kind of looking at the picture from the far, looking, I mean, agile means customer-centric. Looking from customer perspective always gives us a similar picture. Yeah. And decision or whatever is, or from shareholder perspective, I mean, shareholder and clients, customers perspective. Yeah, it depends. It's, and making that reminding uh, in, in difficult scenarios, yeah, let's all look as a customer at our topic now, which we are sorting out. How does that look from customer perspective? Therefore, yeah. I love this agile ceremonies and looking at that. Yeah, that customer centric can it be because then again, you're kind of looking at it. I suppose you draw that in when you've got these teams that aren't working together, and you and if you draw that common thing of if you're both serving that customer, right? We we both want to serve the customer. Once you get on the thing of we want it best for the customer, and then if both individual that are kind of warring on both teams kind of go well, well, we're thinking about the customer and you're not. No, we are. We're thinking about the customer as well. Okay, so. We think this is the best for the customer. Oh, well, we think this is the best customer. Why? And then you've started that conversation, but you're not focusing on why they're right or why they're wrong. You're focusing on why this is better for the customer. And again, that takes that abstract, doesn't it? It abstracts you away in that longer view um, from the um, from the work that's being done to the product that's being delivered, which again is the, the outcome, isn't it, on, on the HR side of it. And that That's adds cool. this healthy distance, uh, which is yeah needed. Yeah, I get that. Get that. Brilliant. I'm, I'm just noticing we're not we're not far off an hour, uh, and I know it's uh, getting late where you are, and you do want to get to bed at some point this evening. Um, is there anything? I think we could have talked for quite a bit longer on this, to be honest, but. Is there anything that we haven't covered yet that you w- we thought you'd like to bring out or you'd like to mention as part of what uh, of either of the books or the coaching services that you provide? Yeah, I wish all the listeners great success and time to breathe, time to take the distance. And yeah, I would love the listeners to read Team Rhythm and explore the exercises and hear about uh, the exploration. Brilliant. And after all, thinking it, it's life that we spend together. Yeah. And yeah. That, yeah. Sometimes we forget that, don't we? Yeah. yeah. We forget yeah. that we're we're spending time together, and and it might as well be pleasant, isn't it? Yeah. And Nigel, Nigel, thank you so much. I mean, I had fun doing this one hour. Oh, good. That's thank good. You. That's good. So, if people want to get in touch with you, what do they need to do? What's the best way to get hold of you? Um, or get onto the book or whatever. Yeah, on the book is all my um, um, uh, over LinkedIn, like Iris Clement, or uh, info at iccoaching.com is my mail, or my webpage, aiccoaching.com. Superb. I'll put links in the show notes to those anyway. So thank you very much for coming on the show. It's been a fascinating conversation, as, as I knew it would be. And um, have a wonderful rest of your evening. You too. Thank you. Thank you. Another great sponsor of the show comes in the form of Air Manual. Um, Air Manual is a 
well, it's a tool for documenting process, which um, and best practices. Um, uh, it's run. It's, it's a company formed by guy, one of my uh, interviewees, uh, Alexis Kingsbury. Um, essentially, uh, and, I, and I kind of summarised why my view of where we see documentation a lot of my experience has been people will document something a process they'll put it in a, a visio dome and that gets loaded onto a SharePoint site or something similar and then a bunch of pro that so then once that, that diagram has been shared with senior management they're happy they have a process in the business but then the, the detailed procedures underneath it might be in word documents in uh, just poorly kept and not linked easily and not updated and what air manual does it allows you to put in a it's a tool for doing this kind of thing. You whack it in, uh, the service in there, get in there, put in your process, your flow, and you build it down to as low a level of detail, even to the point of checklists where people can check off they've done it. So it creates that um, uh, guided checklists, um, easy to create, easy to maintain, and all in one place. And no one's kind of rooting around to find the SharePoint, and then when you change to new SharePoint services and all that stuff, it, it's all there. So if you pop along to nigelcreaser.com slash airmanual, um, there's a bit more detail there and a link there to click on to um, go and get, I think uh, they offer a trial and things like that. So uh, uh, it, uh, it, it's something that I think uh, can easily um, reduce the amount of errors, rework, etc. within our organisation. So um, yeah, take a look. Well, I hope you enjoyed that second half of the conversation with Iris. Check out the links, find out more about it, and come back next week because next week I have got Felicity Dwyer and we'll be talking about crafting connections. So, speak then. Cheers now. Bye. So this is my final wrap up. Every week you're going to hear this. You're going to get bored of it, but you can always click next podcast if so. Um, if you have enjoyed it, if you've listened to this podcast to the end of this uh, show and you think that was great, I'd love to be able to help Nigel out. Um, there are loads of ways you can do it. Um, the, the first and, and obvious way is to um, share the podcast. Send it out to people. Um, if you if you know colleagues and friends who'd benefit from it, you think they'd enjoy it, just send them the link. Grab one of the links send, or send them to www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts. That's www.nigelcreaser.com slash podcasts. And that will push them over to a, um, a link tree link and it's got all of the different ways they can consume the, the podcast. Uh, if you are feeling generous and have a big bag of cash, you could grab a copy of one of my books. Obviously, um, uh, they're available in all the usual places, and print and, and, and digital. Again, jump on the website, uh, www.nigelcreaser.com shop, and that will give you a list of all the different ways that you can contribute um, and, and grab copies of the book. Also got... Um, links to all my guests books on there as well where I get a little bit of a kickback from them um, if you are of a sporting mind um, I have a number through doing some of my uh, judo and, and running uh, antics uh, I've managed to secure a few 
um, uh, affiliate links and affiliates uh, there as well. So in there, somewhere in the sponsors page, there's links to those as well. So clicking onto those and grabbing uh, your if you're with it if you're looking to uh, get super fit, then that would be fabulous as well. And I get a little kickback from those. Uh, I have a Patreon account. It's patreon.com slash Sunday lunch PM. Uh, so again, you can ping something in there, buy me a coffee or whatever. And finally, obviously the most important is coming back, coming back, listen again. Um, because, uh, the more of you that come back, uh, the more, uh, visibility I get because there's more times that it's downloaded and all the SEO works and things like that. So yeah, that's it. So, uh, if you can help me out, I would be much appreciated. If you can't, don't worry about it. Thank you very much. Cheers now. Bye. Uh, my latest, uh, the, the, the latest uh, affiliate that I've got on the show now is Riverside. Um, I use Riverside to do my interviews, Riverside FM. Um, <clears throat> it kind of offers you a whole if you like, micro studio management producer tool and, and, and goes beyond that, has a really good free layer. <clears throat> and I, um, I've been using it for a while now. I find it really good when I've had issues, even though I'm not on one of the higher paid levels, the support has been quick, responsive and, and, and of high quality and, and people keen to help me. Uh, the organization seems really good. The product seems really intuitive. Um, and uh, quality is really good as well. And they, it's, it's a clever way of doing it is when you're, you're recording through your browsers, so you've not got loads of desktop resources being used compared to some other products that I've used. Um, and what they also do is they do a, um, they stream a, a lower quality version of it up onto uh, as you're doing the interview, so you're not burning bandwidth while you're doing the interview and potentially uh, impacting on the quality of the conversation. Uh, and then at the end, it uploads it, uh, the, the higher quality from your browser. Um, I mean, it, it's just a really good way of doing it. So um, if you are um, thinking of doing a podcast and you're doing a podcast, I, I would recommend using this tool. I found it really good. Best, best of the tools that I've tried using um, today. And you can get that at nigelcreaser.com slash riverside and that will redirect you to uh, my kickback page uh, on their site and there I will get a little kickback uh, from them. So um, take a look. Thanks. Well, it's goodbye from me, Nigel Creaser, and it's goodbye from him, the Sunday Lunch PM. Goodbye.